Our condolences as uh, the family here at SAFM, um, uh, uh, the producers, management, the team and our listeners. How have you found the experience having to deal with not only your uh, your brother's death, but also uh, dealing with Ford SA? Look, it's not been a very pleasant one. Um, It's taken the death of my brother to get a family behind this initiative and this campaign, which eventually created media attention. And without media support in South Africa, I, I really do not believe that Ford would have done the recall yesterday. This recall, as you would have heard from the uh, commissioner at the CTMA, um, was for being forced to do a recall, telling which the uh, NCC would have forced a recall with the authority they have. The answers that Ford gave yesterday, um, they tried to skim through most questions. Um, they didn't give many assurances to customers. They knew of this problem in 2013. It's taken them this long to do a recall in SA. Insurance companies have written to them from as early as January last year, warning them that similarities in the fires in South Africa um, uh, are, very, uh, are similar to those of the fires in the U.S. and Louisville, and Ford did nothing about it. And today we hear, as we have heard yesterday, they don't have enough spare parts for the 4,500 cars they need to call in. Kareen, let's just focus on your brother's death for a moment. Now, have you had any independent investigation done into his death? Yes, of course. Um, we've had uh, uh, the team of Daniel Joubert. He's a forensic fire expert in South Africa, uh, an internationally respected uh, author of many books in, in, in that category. And Dr. Kapser, who's assisting, is an expert as well. Um, they've done uh, forensic uh review of the vehicle, and they've come to the same conclusion to that of the initial SAPS fire, uh, fire report, and the fire report from Firewise was an independent forensic company uh, uh, contracted by the insurance company, Dial Direct. All of them point very clearly the fire started in the front dash of the car. You know, the report from Ford is such an insult to the family that they say that most of the fire is in the back of the vehicle. Most of the fire that they refer to is on the rear tires, which caught on fire subsequent to the fuel leaking from the tank after it exploded. And a tire burns at a, at a higher temperature than any other part of the car when it's burning. And it burns longer because tires take longer to burn. The inside of the boot where they let the fire started, 80% of its clothing is still intact. Only the surface of his bag was burnt, and only the top layers of the clothing and the edges of the clothing was burnt. So the fire did indeed start in the back and completely ravaged that car, um, including burning my brother beyond her recognition. How is it that his baggage has survived? The fire expert from the U.S. gave a very flimsy uh, explanation in that regard. And before we could ask him any questions, he stood up, and the CEO, Jeffrey Nemeth, excused him that he needed to catch a flight to the U.S., ensuring that the family could not question him when they presented that report to us. And have you had any further uh, interaction with Ford? Because they uh, said yesterday during that press conference that they were not even aware of any injuries. And, um, you know, have they offered you any sort of relief in any form? 
Not at all. You know, we've, we've never been looking for financial aid from them. The, the primary objective was to get a recall done to save another family's loved one from what my family's gone through. The second objective was to get Ford to admit the cause of my brother's death so that my family can have closure. No family wants to live each day without having certainty on what took their loved one away from them. Indeed. And uh, will you be pursuing any other action against Ford? Certainly. We are still pursuing a class action against them. And I, you know, our, our legal counsel of the family um, has informed us that we are going to be taking civil action against them. I've, I've informed Jeffrey Nemeth in a meeting that the attorney called with the family last year in December. Uh, I hope the date's correct. I think it was the 15th of December. They called us to share this uh, ludicrous report of theirs at the attorney's office in Bedfordview. And I advised Jeffrey Nemeth directly and his uh, general counsel and his legal counsel that we are in possession of evidence which can put them to a more honest uh, conclusion of the report. And the meeting ended with us agreeing that legal counsel of both parties will contact each other, more importantly, Ford legal counsel will contact the Jimmy family legal counsel, and we will meet in neutral ground to share information. Dr. Katzer even went as far as to make you know, a light joke that you'll meet on a bridge somewhere and hand over documents uh, mid-section of the bridge. Since that meeting, Ford has made no attempt to contact us to see the evidence that we have which will point in the right direction. If I may explain one of the most crucial evidences that will indicate to them that it's improbable for the fire to have started in the rear, it's a video of a first responder. In fact, there's two of those from two different first responders that show that when they arrived on site, the fire was in the front inside cabin of the vehicle, not in the rear. And as they stood by and watched the video in this vehicle, the fire spread to the rear of the vehicle. And then Ford goes to the High Court, and Shibishi Moritane, who's the legal counsel and who advised the family sits on the board of Ford, puts on an affidavit to the High Court that the family has refused to cooperate with, with Ford, that we have refused to share any information with Ford. How does the CEO of Ford South Africa, who sits as the president and CEO of Ford South Africa, allow one of his members of board to go and perjure himself on a High Court application that the family have refused to cooperate with them? When on the 15th of December, we have four people in that meeting on the Jimmy side of the family, including Dr. Katso, who will confirm that we offer to share information with them, and they've not taken any steps to view that. Well, Kaveen, Jimmy, thank you so much for giving us your side of the story and our condolences once again uh, to your family. That was Kaveen, Jimmy, uh, and uh, his brother, <laughs> unfortunately, um, died after a fire after his Ford Cougar caught a light in December 2015. We're joined on the line now by Cecilia Andrews from the fac- uh, from uh, the AAA School of Advertising. She's the faculty head there. Uh, Cecilia, thanks so much for your time. It's a pleasure. So just looking at this uh, debacle around the Ford Cougar and how Ford have responded to us, uh, do you think that, uh, you know, uh, let me ask it this way, what sort of reputational damage have they suffered as a result of how they handled this matter? Um, The only thing I can say, the reputational damage would be absolutely enormous. 
Um, you know, here, you, you know, the number one rule for a brand when it faces a crisis like this is to be open and transparent and to provide reassurances to people who have bought the brand or who are intending to buy the brand. And Ford is a, you know, very big major brand in South Africa and globally as well. Here you're sitting with a situation of um, on social media and on the main media pictures of these cars setting a light. You're hearing of people who escape narrowly. And, you know, we watch and I hear from, from consumers. I have a very close friend who, who owns a Ford Cougar. It's not the model that they're talking about, but I've watched personally the anxiety where they phone call centers and are told that there's nobody to answer your call. Send us an email. And people going into Ford dealerships to try and get answers. And then you hear the story from, you know, a person who's, who's lost a family member with this in, incredible delay and defensiveness on the part of Ford. And it just really is marketing 101 not to do that. So the, so the damage is enormous. Now you're sitting with people who've got cars, uh, Fords that they bought that are not as old as the ones that have uh, set a life. And they're saying, What's going to happen to my car in two or three years' time? Um, will it set a light in, in two or three years' time? What about uh, somebody who doesn't quite have the same model that they're talking about? And, and so it just really is a case of too little, too late, and um, people sitting with a brand that spent money on, huge amounts of money, and no resale value on, on the motor vehicle. So... Is it a disaster? Is it a crisis? Absolutely, in my point of view. But how does one explain um, the PR failure on the part of Ford? And because this is a multinational, one would think that you know they have established um, uh, uh, values and they would have the necessary resources to deal with something like this. So how do you explain their failure and the manner in which they fail to come to the party timelessly? I don't know what the explanation would be. I mean, it's just sheer foolishness. I was watching last night on TV and I saw Andy Rice saying he thought it would be appropriate if the global chairman of Ford were to come to South Africa, you know, for something like this. And, um, you know, that the, 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 I, I can't explain it. Um, you know, one goes back to the case of Tylenol where they went back to their corporate uh, um, mission statement and they said our number one responsibility is to our doctors and patients. And they said, right, if we're true to that, to our values, we would respond immediately. And they did. They withdrew the product, recalled the product from all the shelves, lost millions upon millions of dollars, but the brand recovered, you know, over time. In this instance, they haven't done that. And so short-term and long-term, I think the reputational damage is huge. And unfortunately, it would start to spill over onto all models, let alone the, the model that they're talking about. You know, people will just say the Ford brand is a brand that's not to be trusted. And, um, you know, particularly when it's sort of hitting into things like families, this is a family motor vehicle. It's, it, you couldn't get something more emotional than, than uh, that sort of situation. So I can't explain it. You know, they would have to explain why they have behaved the way they have behaved. Is there anything they can do to salvage some of their reputation at this point? I think they could. the thing that they would have to do is recall just about every Ford Cougar that's on the market and to either refit it and provide guarantees and all sorts of things, and that might help. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, yeah, a difficult situation. I wouldn't like to be sitting at Ford at the moment as a 
a brand custodian.